This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I'm Reverend J. Stewart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. Through our dialogue together on this platform, we aim to draw relevancy from the biblical text while bringing clarity to our own religious experience. I'm excited today to speak briefly about a very well-known story in the Bible. It's, it's the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son found in the, the um, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 31. Many of us know this story, and perhaps if you, if you hadn't heard it, I'm just going to walk through the text and, and share some of my thoughts on what's going on here. <clears throat> the, the scripture starts out with Jesus speaking. He's telling a story, a parable, which is a, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And it begins in this way. Jesus continued. He continued to speak. There was a, a man who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Let me just stop right there. In, in some cultures, in, inheritances are passed on when parents die and, and leave their property to their family through a will or trust. In this case, in this story, the son was requesting his share of the estate immediately. He didn't want to wait for anybody to die. He wanted his share right now. And he had no intention on staying at home after he received his share of the estate. He wanted to take the money and run, as they say. The Bible goes on to say that not long after that, after the property was divided up, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. Mm -hmm. So questions come up, in my mind at least, that are relevant for us today. Number one, are our households the home context, our home environment, is it one that pushes our youth out of the house before they're grounded? Is there something going on in the home that our youth despise? And are they right about feeling the way they feel? And the same thing applies with the church family. What is it that we do that drives youth away? Is it the way we teach? Is it what we teach? Is it how they see us live? Or how they see us mistreat each other? The scripture tells us that once he got his money, it didn't take long for him to execute his plan. He ran off to what the Bible describes as a distant country. 
So this distant country speaks to me in a way that expresses the fact that he was separating himself from family ties. He was separating himself from any community ties. He wanted to live life on his terms, certainly not under the watchful eyes of his father or perhaps the tension of sibling rivalry. Maybe he didn't want to live up to family or community expectations of him. So he ran off, thinking that the grass was greener on the other side. As often happens, the son was living his dream and running through all the money at an accelerated pace. We know that a fool and his money are soon parted. How many of us run through money with no regard for tomorrow? How many of us have a fly now, pay later relationship with our finance? How many of us are willing to overspend what we don't even have to purchase designer clothing items, luxury cars, fine restaurant excursions, and vacation trips that we can't afford that leave us with huge credit card debt that bleeds us dry. The Bible says that after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. My goodness, after he ran through all of this money, Now it was time for the real struggle to settle in. Not only was his money gone after he had exhausted it on a wild lifestyle, but a famine set in the region that affected everybody. Food and water shortages affected everyone. The Bible says that he began to be in need. For he found himself in a situation that he never experienced while he was at home with his father. Now he needed a job. He probably never worked outside of his father's household, but now he needed a job in order to meet his basic needs. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that distant country. And that person who hired him sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. Now I must remind us today that feeding the pigs was a a lowly vocation, especially for a Jewish person. The handling of, of forbidden animals and and meat then you know they were prohibited from eating swine but now he has to feed this animal he was feeding the pigs their slop and he didn't have food for himself 
The Bible tells us that the situation got so bad that he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So what does that mean? He, he got a job feeding these pigs, and he was willing to eat from the food that was being fed to the pigs. We all know that pigs, especially back in that day, they were not eating the best food. They were eating waste. They were eating garbage. This was a dehumanizing situation that this young man found himself in and forced to live through. But again, it reminds me of our youth today that are forced out of the home. And sometimes tragically forced to eat out of garbage cans and, and engage in other things to get money to meet their basic needs. The Bible goes on to tell us that when he came to his senses, he said to himself, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. He thought about the reality of his situation. He finally realized that the grass wasn't green on this side of town. He had stepped away from his father's house and separated himself from the covering of his father's house. Now he was brought to repentance. I know that the story says that when he came to his senses, he said, here I am starving to death. But I believe that it was the moving of the Holy Spirit that inspired this thought and that actually brought him to a place where he was moved to repentance. So he says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. I love the part that says he got up and went to his father because he began his journey homeward. And there may be times in our life where by the grace of God, we are strengthened to get up and, and journey homeward to get up from our sin, to get up from our bitterness, get up from our unforgiveness, get up from being estranged from God, estranged from family and our communities. The good news about this getting up is that we don't have to get up on our own strength. It is God that invites us and empowers us for this homeward journey. Then the Bible says that while he was still a long way off, he was on his way. 
but he was still far off. His father saw him from a distance and he was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. This is a, this paints a picture of how God is moved when we respond to his invitation when we get up and journey towards God. Remembering that as we journey, it is because God is inviting us and empowering us for the journey. And you know, that's such a a moving scene. The father running with excitement to his son, throwing his arms around him, and kissing him, demonstrating how much he loved his son, no matter what his son had done. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I guess he he said, you know, in light of what he had done, He didn't deserve to be called a son. He confessed his sin, but he went a little too far. He he devalued himself in his father's eyes. But the father didn't think like the son, just like God's thoughts are greater than ours. God's love is beyond our comprehension. Intellectually, we can't grasp it. Theologically, we wrestle with it. There's no doubt in my mind that the Father in this story is a representation of how God sees us and desires for us to be in a right relationship, restored and reconciled with our Heavenly Father, and with each other. So in response to the Son saying, I'm no longer worthy to be called your Son, the Father says to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. What do I see here? I see, well, when it says this son was dead and now he's alive, I see resurrection. I see reconciliation between the son and the father. I see the restoration of the relationship. I see a revival happening in the son's life, in the father's life, in the life of the community. I see the transformational power of God who who, uh, inspired and spoke to this young man as he was feeding the pigs to repent and journey homeward. So everyone was celebrating, but there was a problem. The Bible says that While they're doing all this celebrating, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard 
the music and the dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what is going on? They told him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in to take part in the celebration. So his father went out and pleaded pleaded with him and he answered his father in this way. He said, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My goodness, the the bitterness, the callousness towards the brother and the father raises several questions, at least in my mind. Was the older brother always resentful of the younger brother? And this was simply the straw that broke the camel's back. Did the underlying resentment contribute to the younger brother leaving the home in the first place. And how did this resentment show up in everyday life? In their relationship? Was there violence? Was there just sibling rivalry? What happened? Was the family unit experiencing a high level of dysfunction that drove this young man, young man out. And in the same way, how about in the church? Do we mistreat each other and hold on to bitterness towards one another? Do we bring dysfunction into the church family that causes us to not function as a church family should? And do our dysfunctional behaviors drive the youth away from the church? I hope you know that our youth are very perceptive. They see all things. Sunday school happens in a room, but their Christian education happens all over the church as they watch what we say and what we do. The father responded this way. My son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and his end is alive again. He was lost and is found. The father is celebrating the return of a lost son. And we also should celebrate the movement of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those who journey homeward. We should stand in solidarity and support those who have gotten up and decide to come home. In our own moments of drifting away from God, 
We should have trained ourselves like a skilled athlete to run to God and to revere him at all times, even as we feel pulled away. We shouldn't allow ourselves to be pulled away to distant lands. Unlike the older brother, our soul, our minds, our hearts need to be freed from multiple distractions so that we can be free to worship God in spirit and in truth. In closing, I would just say that there are some people who are living life on their own terms and intentionally reject God, religion, and even family for many different reasons. Perhaps someone is listening right now that has found themselves in this difficult place, an undesirable space in life, a dark space. Today is a good day to get up. To get up in response to God's prompting, God's invitation, and return home, starting with your Father in heaven, and return to your natural family with love in your heart. In your mind and heart, return to the God who created you, and return to your family who you grew up with, setting aside the dysfunction, the weakness, the frailties, and just try to love one another. You have been listening to Faith Talk, and I certainly thank you for being part of our listening community. I would encourage you to visit the website www.reverendjstewartglover.com to leave your comments on these episodes. On the website, you can register as a guest on the show. You can contact me directly by email. You can even leave a voicemail. I want to thank you once again, and God bless you.